For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. And we are live. Welcome to the NFL Strategy Show Week 6 edition lineup construction. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined, as always, in this lovely Friday time spot by the boss man, Alex Baker. Awesome. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, this week should be a good one. We got Le'Veon Bell traded off the Jets. So, I mean, these lineups should build themselves <laughs> with all this Jets value. So, it'll be a really easy week for me. <laughs> so uh i convinced my wife switch her league to uh best ball instead of having to deal with daily or weekly transactions nice. um, which has also made them basically fully check out of paying attention to their league so my apologies there but my wife does have Le'Veon bell i told her the news yesterday she's like great my team sucks anyway i was like well trust me i think this one's going to be a positive for you now he's going to actually play and play for a good offense so congratulations <laughs> for your mild upgrade yeah, that, that, I mean, I, I drafted him in a ton of best ball because he was falling in the like, fourth round. And, man, I was feeling like a dummy <laughs> after the first five weeks of the season. But now it looks like uh, it could have been the steal of the year. Yeah, uh, I'm anxious to see how they use him. They're, they just have so many individual weapons. And speaking of weapons in the NFL, I'm taking a look at last week's slant. I don't see any ownership to Chase Claypool or Travis Fulgham. Alex, what were you doing? You you missed out on uh, 78 fantasy points. Yeah, I'd rather not talk about that. But uh, Chase Claypool, it's like Deontay Johnson. He was uh, injured in week three. And then Chase Claypool got more snaps because of that. But Deontay Johnson was back for week five. So the natural uh, logic would be that Chase Claypool wouldn't play very much. But then Deontay Johnson gets injured again, and Chase Claypool gets four touchdowns. Like, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in 339 of 65,000 lineups in the slant. And that is three <laughs> times as many lineups as Travis Fulham. Uh, similar output for these guys same game too which is totally crazy Uh, the funny thing is i think fulgham was a much like more reliable play because he he had like better playing time Um, i mean not as exciting because he was kind of cut off the the lions and then claypool was a decently high draft pick so uh fulgham he was on my radar but i don't think i had him just because i had him projected for like 25 yards i think so just to just to confirm for everybody else that could be watching uh, right now, when you see games like this for a Chase Claypool or a Travis Fulgham, that's not changing anything for you really uh, the following week or moving forward. There's no there's no regrets. There's no how didn't I see this? There's no <laughs> what can I do to get more of these guys? This is an aberration that is all not all that important. Correct. 
Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of reinforces the idea that with receivers, there's a ton of variance. Like any random dude could go out and get 30 points. Yeah. Now, 45 points, that's a little bit more uncommon for just some rando. But yeah, if a receiver is going really low owned and like every single week there's there's a ton of them, um, like one this week could be Denzel Mims for the New York Jets uh, because he was like their high draft pick and he hasn't played any games yet coming off the IR. Like really you have no clue what's going to happen. So like uh, the thing is there's probably like 30 to 40 of these guys every single week. It's going to be really hard to pin down where that, that production could come from. Yeah. The problem with Mims is that I don't think that the Jets can score three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah i mean he'll have to do it himself joe flacco is not really gonna help there no not so much so much so than the fact that i forgot that it was flacco and not uh <laughs> not anyone with talent <laughs> Pour one out for flacco hey he's got a ring that's better than me Let's, yeah i mean you gotta give him some respect for getting that ring ages ago <laughs> <laughs> it's paying him off that's for sure um, I don't have much to like look at or talk about from last week's slate. It was kind of just there. Uh, no real interesting takeaways from, uh, you know, the winning lineups or no specific like really weird stack stuff. You know, pretty much everything at the top of the slant had a, a bring back option. Um, but, you know, we saw some sort of stacking across everybody at the top. Everything just seems sort of normal, so I don't have any like fun deep dive into anybody's stuff because I don't know. It was a pretty innocuous week five. Yeah, I think um, just looking at it, it just shows that like pretty much every stack type has that upside. Yeah, and even there's one that wasn't stacked up there, so it may not be like the the part of your process that you should really like worried too much about because you can make good lineups of every stack type that's that's a really good point you're, you're definitely seeing that over the course of a couple of weeks there are multiple ways to skin a cat you you can get there you are not generally speaking priced out of anything based on the the stack construction unless you know one game ends up 50 to 49 you're going to need a few pieces from it yeah yeah, I think uh, it looks like the run back was pretty popular this week. Yeah, uh, as far as top, so I think uh, that is something maybe that would be a trend. And uh, the thing is, not every week there are shootouts, so like I, I don't think that is mandatory. It really depends how many people are going for that. But like, how do you how do you feel about the run back to your quarterback? Yeah, I, I mean, I generally <laughs> am looking for it. Um, I think last week was a pretty specific, not specific case, but uh, Mahomes had some popularity and it makes it really easy to bring back, whether that's Josh Jacobs or Darren Waller. Um, there there were obvious bring back, like high end bring back options on the opposite side of the Chiefs. So it, you're natural. I think you're naturally going to get that a little bit more when you have guys like Jacobs and Waller that are like large majorities of their fantasy output. You know, they are the two primary guys for Oakland, and there's not much there behind him. Um, yeah. I see a lot of Mahomes at the top, a lot of opponent bringbacks, a lot of 
Josh Jacobs. Um, something that I had, uh, much to my chagrin, because it didn't result in me being in the top 28 of what I see right now. Uh, but no, I, I mean, like, I want to have a little bit of everything and check it out afterwards. Um, I want to have a quarterback and just a wideout. I want to have a quarterback and a wideout and a bringback. I want to have a full onslaught stack. And then I kind of want to just hash it out from there because you're going to get a lot of different potential roster constructions by having those different options. I wouldn't want to just price myself into one look. Yeah, for sure. You want to be able to compare different builds and see, you know, which one fits the best this week because it may change from week to week. And it's a similar story. I realize this is an NFL show, but it's a similar story to baseball. You know, I don't want to just do, if I'm playing on FanDuel, just four, four stacks. I want four fours and four threes and four twos and three, three twos. I want to see what all of those different things can look like. Um, and then try to do a little bit more evaluation after the fact, uh, because I don't think that there is any particular right answer there. What do we got? Yeah, here? definitely. 200 concurrent viewers, 31 likes that number way too low. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up, <laughs> subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. So you know, when all of our content goes live, uh, we've got uh, two more shows coming up later today. I'll touch on those in a bit. We'll have a full weekend of content. Uh, you know, the the big three hour monster stream on Sunday leading up to NFL lock. Got a lot going on. We got MMA this weekend. Uh, PGA exists right now. I got <laughs> slaughtered day one, so I could pay attention a little bit less than normal for days two, three, and four. Just a lot going on. Even though basketball's gone and baseball is slowly winding down, we still have. Still got a few sports left to go yeah i mean uh if you uh if you're looking for a sweat between now and sunday you gotta like, consider league of legends and counter-strike am i right <laughs> i downloaded league of legends i opened the app i looked at it for about a minute and a half and then i realized that i didn't know what i was doing and i closed it again <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there yes. it'll be five years from now but we'll get there so last week, we only built one lineup. Uh, we built it right up to the buzzer. We did a DraftKings cash lineup. Uh, we were planning on doing a FanDuel GPP lineup. That didn't work, which is fine because ultimately it wouldn't have gotten paid out anyway. Um, <laughs> so I think that we should just start today the way that we tried to finish last week with a FanDuel GPP lineup. How does that feel for you? FanDuel couldn't be more popular right now, so I'll see it. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised it's still going on. I don't know what happened, but it seems bad now. The, the live scoring? Yeah. For it to be broken uh, still? It's some industry-wide thing because DK Live isn't working. Yeah. Yahoo Sports, like, their uh, box scores aren't updating in real time. So, uh, like, there was some major player that just stopped operating i guess i mean that's the only thing i can really think of not good not good yeah um a lot of people don't enable them i don't play fanduel fanduel i'm out <laughs> so anyway time to build that fanduel lineup <laughs> yeah that's uh, it. i'm gonna pull up your <laughs> rankings as well or the big board premium feature if you want to sign up go to osmo.com slash join Come get the goods from the boss man himself. 
Got his big board. Everybody's ranked. Every single player that he has projected for the slate is on the big board. You can get it for four bucks a week. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Not even four. Three ninety-five. Save that extra nickel. Use it on. I don't think that there's anything out there that you can buy for a nickel any longer. <laughs> Five pieces of penny candy. If this is nineteen forty. Um. All right, so let's start it off now. This is going to be a GPP lineup on FanDuel. Is there a person that immediately stands out to you from the big board that you want to have? Well, I think the first game, Atlanta and Minnesota on this on the lineup builder, like the the thing is this game may not happen, yeah. <laughs> but if it assuming it does, like Alexander Madison seems like a like complete smash because uh they didn't raise his price high enough and that Minnesota is a favorite against a weak defense. Uh, I mean, I don't see how you could get away from him this week, honestly, aside from COVID cancellation. So <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, and it makes a really nice game stack too. So that's going to be hard to, to not pull the trigger on. So is it, how is it? I'm going to pull up the top stacks tool so people can get a little bit of a look at that. Behind the scenes, this isn't free today, guys. We're just giving <laughs> away the goods. If I look at the FanDuel top stack tool, uh, Atlanta, with the second biggest chances of being the top stack, that is outpacing the current quarterback ownership as well. So uh, outpacing a little bit of Matt Ryan. Uh, Minnesota is fifth in terms of top stack odds. Uh, pretty neutral in terms of ownership. So... In general, Atlanta and Minnesota looking like pretty heavy odds of being the top stack, something like 18.5% of the time. So yeah. is that a direction we're trying to go, Atlanta-Minnesota stack for this game? Not necessarily for this lineup, but I'm just pointing out that like this is probably one of the games of the week because both defenses are so crummy. Uh, the, the thing with making a stack right now is it's going to depend a lot on Julio Jones, like what he's been up to this week. Um, I mean, really, it's going to be good regardless, but probably want to wait until we get that information before we stack up the team. Seems to me, based on what I'm looking at on the top stacks tool, we should be stacking up the Green Bay Packers in this lineup. Packers with the like it, yeah. top stack odds, uh, <laughs> relatively minimal ownership coming in to Aaron Rodgers, but 13% chance of being the top stack. That is the highest number on the slate right now for FanDuel. Makes me think that I should be slotting in Aaron Rodgers into that quarterback <laughs> spot. I like it. Yeah, he's expensive this week, um, but it's a really good stack. It's a Dak Russell West or Wilson situation. So I'm hoping that this week is Rodgers. I am so happy that you just made that mistake. It is a mistake I've been making for three years. I have called <laughs> Russell Wilson Russell Westbrook coming off of a basketball season an infinite amount of times. I can't help it. It just happens. There are times where I do it and I don't even notice. People have been pointing it out to me on Twitter and YouTube <laughs> comments for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, Basically I can, I can like relate. the same guy, right? Exactly. I can, <laughs> I can very much relate to it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I slotted Rogers in. What we then have to do is find out Packers to put with him and potentially some Buccaneers on the way back which is up in the air a little bit, at least in terms of the health of Evans and Godwin. So normally I would say that we want to get Devontae Adams in there. 
Um, that's going to make for a very cheap rest of this lineup. Do you want to go to Adams, or is this a spot where you want to try to get like Valdez, Scantling, and Tanyan or something along yeah. those lines? I think we got to get Adams. Uh, coming off an injury, maybe his ownership will be a little bit depressed. So I think that uh, we'll just have to figure out where the value is uh, okay. to fill this rest of the lineup up. All right, so we've got Rodgers, Madison, and Adams in now. Are you looking at any other Packers, whether that's, again, Valdez, Scantling, Tanyan? I don't think you're trying to go to Aaron Jones here, but uh, I'll throw that name out just in case. Yeah, I, don't, I think we should take a closer look at the rest of the Packers than we would other teams. So uh, Valda Scaling looks like a decent value option. Tanyan, he's been getting insanely lucky with touchdowns, so he's going to be way more popular than he should be. So that's not really a direction I'm looking to go. But I don't think we really need anyone else because – Devontae Adams gets like 100 yards per game, and that's a pretty good correlation with uh, the quarterback. So who is the Tampa Bay Buccaneer that you would like to bring back if you want to bring someone back? It's so tough to, to peg someone with the health of the team right now, but Scotty Miller, I guess, um uh, pulling up his snap counts because he hasn't been doing much on the field. Uh, but he's been out there 70% of snaps, uh, including last week. Uh, pretty much every week he's been around 70%. So he seems like a solid option. I don't mind just not sacking Tampa Bay here either. Okay. Because uh, with Fournette and Jones, you know, they neither one may be getting a huge workload. And then Evans, Godwin, there's that injury situation. So... Um, I mean, Godwin would make a nice option if he plays, but I'm totally fine given the pricing, just, uh, leaving our stack at QB wide receiver. All right. That works for me. At that point, we're going to start needing some value and just glancing at the big board. Some of the, the cheaper options that I see near the top, David Montgomery ranks 10th on the big board. He's 5,900. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 5,800. There's not a ton of really, truly legitimate value. Does anybody stand out to you as a guy that we should go to that is uh, relatively cheap given the expensive nature of the first three people put in here? Yeah, I think we got we to gotta di- dive deep here. So with cheap, I guess we're looking at wide receiver possibly. Um, and if you want to dive even deeper, listen to the deeper dive on Sunday at uh, 10 o'clock with Alex and Ben and Loffy. Nice, a nice plug there. When you're good, you're good. So, <laughs> uh, if we're going really cheap, uh, I would say uh, the guy's jumping out at me. We got Adam Humphreys at 4700 He's coming off the COVID list, um, and that seems like a really nice price uh, for a guy that's a full-time player. We got Brayshad Perryman at 5K. He's uh, been injured most of the season, but I think he's coming back this week. And um, the playing time is a little bit questionable there. 
So that one's a maybe. Okay. Uh, Darnell Mooney at 5K. Nah, that's a little, a little too deep for FanDuel. <laughs> but uh, Curtis Samuel at 5,100 stands out too, where he's he's an interesting talent where he plays. I mean, he, he gets some running attempts along with his pass-catching role. So okay. that that's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, so I don't mind Curtis Samuel or the other guy would be uh, Adam Humphreys. Well, we're going to need probably two of them, or depending on where <laughs> we feel about uh, running backs. How about, we sl- yeah. how about we slot Curtis Samuel in now, and then we also slot in Adam Humphreys. That, allows, uh, that gives us yeah. uh, 25,800 remaining for a running back, a tight end, the flex spot, and a defense. We have some money left nice. over, and we can uh, upgrade off of Samuel or Humphreys. That'll be pretty easy to transition to a little bit higher of a range of wideout. Awesome. I'm going to sort your big board now uh, at the tight end spot. And I mentioned it before, guys, but if you get a chance, go ahead and hit that thumbs up. It helps us out a ton. Uh, so, uh, Johnny Smith ended up in the end zone a couple times last week. Does he end up in the lineup again this week? Do you mind going to someone like Jonu Smith if you already have Adam Humphreys? Trying to look at some of the, the relatively cheaper tight ends that are highly ranked for you. Uh, Kittle and Kelsey are the two top-ranked tight ends. They're ranked like their wideouts. They're priced like their wideouts. After that, that starts to bunch up a bit. What do you see at tight end? Yeah, uh, it, I'm guessing if Johnny Smith is the best option we can come up with, it's probably a pretty weak position this week. Yeah. So, uh, wow, that's going to be tough. Um, <clears throat> I know you are mentioning like Chris Herndon last week. <laughs> <laughs> you said he's your fourth favorite or something, to be fair. I think that that is true. Um, Logan Thomas at 4,800. Yeah. He's a guy that... He's out on the field a ton. So I don't mind. I think no one's going to be on him because he's averaged 4.7 fantasy points per game. And he's cheap. He, the thing about Logan Thomas is his uh, his snap counts are so much higher than any other tight end. He's been out running around on 89% of dropbacks. Most tight ends, like even Johnny Smith, is at 60%. So... The workload is huge for Logan Thomas. So if we put Logan Thomas in, we have 7K per spot running back flex and defense. Uh, I think that we can make nice. a pretty solid lineup here. Might be the best time now to lock down a defense and then really open ourselves up to you know either two running backs or running back wide out or an, an upgrade on that Samuel uh, Adam Humphreys section. Uh... We did just add Logan Thomas, so I don't want to recommend the Giants D, which is your number one ranked defense, and at 3,900, um, look pretty nice. We could conceivably go to the Carolina Panthers. They are your fifth ranked defense, 3,700. Or we can just as easily pay up and uh, get the Dolphins against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Paying up for the Miami Dolphins defense. That's fun. Um, I don't mind the Panthers going up against Chicago. They've been pretty, uh, pretty miserable offensively this year, and also the Carolina's strength has been against the pass. 
they're pretty weak versus the Ron. Oh, wait, sorry. No, I have that backwards. Oh, sorry. Actually, Carolina's defense this year so far has been pretty decent, which was surprising because uh, going into the season, everyone was saying they're, they're so young, they're going to be really bad. But hold on. I need to look into these uh, these references on my spreadsheet because this isn't adding up. So the Carolina Panthers are definitely a defense. Their talent level undetermined at this point. Okay, so uh, they've given up way more yardage versus the run than your average team, 5.4 yards per attempt. Uh, the, the Bears running attack is pretty bad, so I'm not as worried about that. They've only given up 6.3 yards per attempt through the air, which is way above average. So I feel like this matchup that Carolina has is seems good. <clears throat> uh, Joe Todaro in chat. This one's going to be good. What site are they using to see projected scores and starters? It would be our site, awesomeo.com. <laughs> this is our lineup builder. This is uh, this is part of what you get if you subscribe at awesomeo.com slash join. This is our stuff. These are uh, Alex's projections. Uh, this is our ownership projections. Uh, everything that you see on the screen is part of our NFL package. So, congrats. You found us. <laughs> so, I slotted the Panthers in for now. We can move that around for a little bit if we need to. Um, we've got 86.50 for a running back and a flex. We can basically spend whatever we want. And at the very least, I think that we could upgrade one of Samuel Humphreys or Logan Thomas if need be. Uh, with at least a little bit of extra money. So we already have Madison slotted in uh, as a running back. We do need a second running back no matter what. The highest ranked guy you have right now is Kareem Hunt. Um, Based on everything that we have in our lineup right now, I don't see any reason to not go to him other than if you think the ownership is too high. Uh, Is there anybody else that stands out to you other than Kareem Hunt to get a second running back? Um... Let me take a gander here. So, uh, yeah, Kareem Hunt, a really great option. The only thing is the matchup versus Pittsburgh is pretty tough. Um, yeah, tough picking today, man. Uh, let's see. James Robinson versus Detroit. That seems like a really good spot. Or we could go – I mean, one of our favorites is David Johnson. <laughs> and uh, he, the thing is, he's been getting the volume. And then uh, last week, he had 96 yards running. He just didn't get in the end zone. So I feel like um, he's averaged 60 yards per game rushing. He's 6.4K. And the matchup versus Tennessee, they're, they're weak versus the run more than the pass. So I think that uh, David Johnson could be a contrary option this week. Okay. Well, let's slot him in there. And if we have like an extra $100 left and we're a bit too contrarian, I think swapping from David Johnson to James Robinson uh, for an additional $100 could be a a decent way to go if um, the structure of the lineup is a little broken. We have uh, 10,900 for the flex. Pretty sure that we can get anybody we want at that point in time. Uh, This should not be too difficult whatsoever, but I do think that we want to keep, keep our mind open for an upgrade to either Humphreys or Samuel or Logan Thomas. For sure. 
do you have any preferences for the flex spot on FanDuel compared to DraftKings? Do you tend to lean a little bit more running back given the uh, only the half point PPR instead of the full point? Yeah, I think that that makes more sense. Uh, I mean, wide receiver has so much variance. I don't hate wide receiver either, but running back definitely has an advantage on FanDuel, especially given their softer pricing. You can get some really stud players in here. So um, I think that running back could have our best options. Okay. The highest ranked player that you have on this list, I don't believe is on this slate, but let me double check it. Nope. I was going to say we should go to uh, Stefan Diggs, but not on the slate. Um, we have the opportunity to go to Thielen. We already have the running back. I don't know if we want to do that. Then Devontae Adams. Next up would be A.J. Brown. Do we just right now flip Adam Humphreys to A.J. Brown, take the upgrade at of Tennessee wide receivers? Yeah, I think that's solid. We'll see what that opens us up for. So if I take out Adam Humphreys and I upgrade to AJ Brown, that leaves us 9,100 at the flex. So we can still do whatever we want. I think that we have another opportunity to potentially upgrade Logan Thomas. Trying to see. And chat, if you have any ideas for who we should use at the flex or potential upgrade options, let us know in the chat. Um, You know, we're trying to build this by hand, but if you see something before we see it, let us know. Well, I think one of our moves, we could uh, put Derrick Henry in the flex. There's a negative correlation to David Johnson being their running backs on opposite teams. So that maybe if we ha- we have extra money so we can flip David Johnson into James Robinson versus Detroit, that's a pretty good matchup. And we do, that does give us an extra, do you worry about having Henry and AJ Brown? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't worry a ton about that, but um, we can look for pivots off of AJ Brown if we go with Henry. So I went to Henry. I upgraded to Robinson. That spends our entire 50000 Value ranking, greater than 90%. Contrarian ranking, 40 to 50%. It's a good lineup. That's pretty damn good. I, I think we got to pat ourselves on the back here. Not going to miss an opportunity to pat myself on the back. And uh, <laughs> for people that are just showing or tuning up or yeah, tuning up, tuning into this show for the first time, uh, we've talked a little bit about what these numbers mean. So value ranking is basically just um, how well this lineup ranks from a points per dollar perspective. The contrarian ranking is going to let you know sort of how chalky or not chalky your lineup is. And in this case, since we're building a GPP lineup, Having a, a total of those two things north of 100 is a goal of ours. Am I explaining that correctly? Yeah, I think um, these are like percentiles of where you would stand in our projected field. So um, this would be a lineup that's about average in, in ownership, and then it would be really above average in projection. So, I mean, that's a winning formula. I would say that we do need to make a mild change here with the Henry-A.J. Brown combination. Not need to, but probably in our best interest? Or do you think... Well, I think it depends on the the pivots. Uh, A.J. Brown, there's a lot of decent pivots. So one could be Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's been on fire. Uh, The price hasn't really come up a ton. Or um, I'm looking at... 
Devonte Parker as yeah, well. I was just going to say the same thing. A uh, hundred dollars cheaper. Very, very similar in ranking spot. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think that the Dolphins have a decent matchup. <laughs> yeah, going up against the Jets, you gotta love that. So the Dolphins are projected for 28 points this week. I mean, uh, so we gotta expect Devonte Parker to to produce more than he would normally. So I swap them out. Leaves us a hundred dollars. Parker in the lineup now. Value ranking still north of 90%. Contrarian ranking 40 to 50. <laughs> we built a good one, boss. I know. Yeah, I might use this one. Hey, guys, if you're watching right now, don't enter this. You're going to be chopping it up with me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a million dollar winner on FanDuel right here. They'll pay you out uh, sometime before the NFL season ends. <laughs> I think that's a really good lineup. Again, yeah. and, and I hope people are getting out of this show what at least our goal is to, to show what that process can look like of building a lineup and what the outputs can tell you about what you built. If that showed, like if we built this lineup and it said value ranking, you know, 70 to 80%, contrarian ranking, you know, 10%, we would probably want to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, but seeing that this is a fantastic value lineup, Seeing that we're not just jamming in chalk everywhere, we are still uh, giving ourselves a chance to not compete against the entire field. It's pretty good. Pretty good. If you're watching these every single week, I'd like to think that you're picking up uh, little tidbits for roster construction. Yeah, I think the line builder is pretty underutilized because, as far as I know, it's the only tool in the industry that really like compares your lineup to what the field's going to look like. And yeah. that kind of feedback is really valuable. It's not uh, easy to make 150 lineups on it, but uh, if you're just making a few, you just put them in there and it'll give you really good information about them. Yeah, if you're playing a single entry, a three max, a five max, <laughs> building them out here by hand, uh, I think is is outstanding. I mean, we know, like we have uh, Ben Raza on staff. Um He's a big proponent of hand-building lineups, even, you know, large amounts of hand-building lineups for golf, for football. Um, so I know that he uh, can get a lot of value out of a tool like this. And, you know, he's playing a ton as well. So you can build a lot of lineups if need be. Um, but getting your hands on it and understanding the information that you're putting in there. Good. I love it. I love this tool. Do you have anything else you want to touch on for this FanDuel GPP lineup? Oh, I think we're good. We're ready to to make our next lineup. Yeah, but first, a couple plugs. NFL rankings are free today. So um, you are seeing projections on the screen. Uh, if you go to Osmo.com and go to Alex's NFL rankings page, uh, everyone gets a letter grade, A, B, C, D, E, um, for total points and for value. So uh, points per dollar. You, uh, you know, someone could be an AA, AB, AC. Those rankings are free for today. Also, MLB top stacks. If you're playing this, uh, what could be final two gamer of the MLB season, the top stacks tool is free. Coming up immediately after this at 12 Eastern NFL strategy. It's the start sit show. Uh, Matt and Kyle are going to be talking a little season long, who you should be playing in your lineups, who you shouldn't. And then at 5.15 Eastern time today, MLB Live Before Lock with Jason and Terry taking you all the way up to the MLB Lock. 
plugs are in 420 people in here 100 likes i appreciate that you guys got up and over the three or the the three digit mark that's great but right now we're sitting at about 25 percent likes it's 20 to 25 percent i think we need to bump that up can we get to 50 percent of the viewership hitting the thumbs up button it helps us out a ton Uh ton. that it shouldn't you know no effect to you guys just helps us it allows us to come back so if you could hit that thumbs up one last time that would be helpful today aaron hicks in chat just asked the question any dk building today well aaron you are in luck yes right now in fact we are going to build a DraftKings gpp lineup and i think that it's fun to do because obviously pricing different across both sites scoring system slightly different uh you get the extra half point for um you know half point ppr on fanduel full point on DraftKings, uh, I'm ready to dive into this bad boy. Nice man, yeah, we gotta make this a good one because Aaron Hicks, uh, I assume uh, on the off season, he's uh, he's throwing down big money on these tournaments. So let's, let's uh, give him a good lineup to work with. Alrighty, let's do it. I'm gonna switch over to the Top Stacks Tool DraftKings Edition. I'm gonna switch over to the Big Board DraftKings Edition, and right out of the gate, I'm seeing similar stuff. <laughs> Top Stack. On DraftKings, once again, the Green Bay Packers. No ownership really coming into Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The Falcons, number two. uh, Not a ton of ownership coming in for Matt Ryan. Do you want to go a different direction than the Packers, or do we want to do the Packers version of this DraftKings lineup? Uh, Let's do a different one than Packers, because, I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of different stacks this weekend. So let's see who else stands out. Baltimore is fourth in the top stack odds. Not all that much ownership going to Lamar. Uh, We'll probably get a lot of questions about stacking with Lamar. Um, Is that a direction you want to go? Or is there a team that you see immediately that you would like to go for? Yeah, let me uh, take a look here. So uh, obviously Atlanta, we kind of pegged that game as a big uh, opportunity I like the Lamar call. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, one thing, I, I think Derrick Henry could be really popular, but then the Tennessee stack also, because A.J. Brown is so underpriced on DraftKings, maybe that will be more popular than we might expect. Okay. So, uh, and then, I mean, these ownership numbers are going to change a lot throughout the week. Carolina. Really good team to stack. Tough match versus Chicago. the The problem is, I feel like they've been like the stack of the week, like four straight weeks. So their ownership might be a little bit higher than we have right now. Um, we could we could put it to chat if you want. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's give it to chat. Who do you think, based on this info, we should stack up for DraftKings? So that'll be fun. We want to just take the first answer, or like the consensus of when everybody starts putting them in. Let's, uh, let's put in some flex players first, and then we'll put in our stack okay. once we get uh, some info here. Jordan Sadler says Green Bay. Not going to be Green Bay. <laughs> we already did that <laughs> Titans, Houston, Miami, Jets, Lamar, Pittsburgh, Miami, Detroit. And... <laughs> okay. So oh, man. Everyone... I like how everyone's like Jets, like JK. <laughs> <laughs> I like Adam and Chet, man. They're like, uh, I, yeah. That might be a little bit too deep, yeah. but it's fine. Um, man, everyone, I guess uh, a lot of love Miami. from Miami. Yeah, let's see Miami then. Okay, perfect. So let's go ahead and right out of the gate, 
We'll go ahead and slot in Fitzmagic. I assume that we're going to go straight to Devontae Parker. He was pretty highly uh, rated for you on FanDuel. Ranks 18th mm-hmm. overall on DraftKings. I'm just going to put the one thing I'll point out Ooh, here. Okay. Go ahead. Is uh, uh, the ownership we project on the Miami stack is a lot higher than their chance of being the top stack. That doesn't mean necessarily that we can't play them. It just means we're going to have to get a little bit weird with the rest of our lineup to, to give ourselves a good shot to win. Well, let's get weird then. Are you good with the Parker Fitzpatrick stack? Yes. Do we want to go a bit more heavy on the Dolphins? Are we trying to add someone like Preston Williams or Mike Gesicki? Oh, well? uh, yeah. I think Preston Williams, he's the guy that hasn't really broken out yet. I don't think he'll be super popular based on the price. And um, as far as hype, I think he's a lot lower hype than Jasicki. So, like, throwing in Preston Williams. Okay. So, that's a and quarterback I mean, with two wideouts. Do we bring back a Jet? I, I mean, I feel like we got to throw some love to the Jets because everyone hates rostering these guys. Um, but they, they do have some good players. So, I'm definitely not afraid to take some Jets. They almost won me a million bucks this past weekend. <laughs> For a second, I was in first, but Jeff Smith couldn't haul in those touchdowns. So I did enjoy seeing your exposure to Jeff Smith because I had it as well. Nice. Yeah, it's funny because we had the 3K guys. It's not the right ones. Yep. Um. So for me personally, just the way that I would look at this, if we have Fitzpatrick, Parker, and Williams, the guy that I would most likely want to go to is Jamison Crowder because I think he's the guy that most – that succeeds most often for the Jets. I mean, his projection is almost double everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's hard to find much to love on the Jets this week because Denzel Mims coming back, I'm worried about how that's going to affect Jeff Smith's playing time. Uh, So I'm taking Jeff Smith off my probable player pool if Denzel Mims is activated like I expect. And then Brayshad Perryman... Um, let me pull up his numbers here. I'm, I'm trying to. I don't have a great projection on him. I guess part of that's based on I don't have him fully playing every snap like he was week one, and coming off the injury. Mm-hmm. So that is someone on my radar, but it might be a uh, a situation like we had with Debo Samuel, or we might have to wait a week. Okay. So, so Crowder. Fitzpatrick projected for 10% ownership, Parker 13, Preston Williams 3, Crowder, call it 7. Those are all relatively low numbers, so I don't think that we have to totally eschew any of the the chalk at the top. Should be something we pay attention to, though. We still need two running backs, tight end flex in defense. We got $5,400 per spot. I think it's time to grab a running back. Do you think that Madison is too chalky for this particular lineup? Um, I want to answer this chat, chat question first because I see a lot of talk about Michael Perrine uh-huh. uh, for the Jets. And I'm pulling up the snap counts for week four because uh, that was uh, week three, I guess. Um, so Kalen Bellage was on the Jets at this point. Frank Gore got 26 snaps. Perrine got 21. Bellage got 19. So it's not like without Le'Veon Bell, Perrine was getting a huge workload. Now I do expect um, him to be kind of getting more work throughout the season because he was a fourth rounder. 
but I don't. I definitely don't think he's a free square. He, he is someone that's worth considering in DFS. So. Yeah, and especially in this case where it's the bring back option, um, I don't necessarily see that piece as valuable here. I don't hate it, but uh, I I kind of like Frank Gore a little bit. Uh, it's just like a totally off the wall play. Touchdown vulture. Oh, I guess uh, Antoine is saying that Gase is saying Perrine is going to get more more workload. So uh, if there's information we have that he's going to be more involved, that could be pretty valuable. To be fair, it seems like everything that Adam Gase does is incorrect and wrong. So maybe we shouldn't just assume that what he says is a good thing. <laughs> well, he said he hated Le'Veon Bell and that ended up having a pretty big impact. <laughs> Yeah, it ended up working out positively for Le'Veon Bell. He went to the Super Bowl favorites. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Apparently yeah, being on Gase's bad side isn't too bad. Yeah, that, could that have worked out any better? Hey, I want to go from this dumpster fire of a team, uh, and apparently it's pretty easy for me to go to the front runner for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't No, don't do that. I don't want to leave. <laughs> what else are you, you going to do? That's incredible. Love it. Yeah, that's fascinating. All right, so let's put in – we got Crowder in. Let's go to running back. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Madison, they did price him up a good amount on DraftKings. It still might not be enough okay. because he – if he gets the same workload Dalvin Pick was getting, which I think we can expect, that's almost – it's probably more than 3X, and that that's pretty hard. It's a fade on, on DraftKings. Okay. I like it. Um so we slot him in there. We need a running back, tight end, flex, and defense. Forty nine fifty on average is what we have to spend. Clearly, defense will be at least a little bit cheaper. So I am trying to spot someone um, that looks like a decent value play. Of the guys, $5,000 or under, we've got T.Y. Hilton at five k. Maybe Nana talk to him again. I don't even know if it's on the main <laughs> site, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, Philip, it is, Philip yeah. Lindsay ranks 20th. Uh, Debo Samuel, 21st, Naheem Hines, 22nd, and Demir Bird, 29th. So those are all guys ranking in your top 30 on your big board, all 5K or below. Um, does anybody stand out from that list? Anybody that you see as a potential savings for us? We've got about five-ish minutes or so before we got to get out of here and hand it over to uh, Matt and Kyle. I think all those options are, are good, obviously, because... That's what this is, is sorting of the best players to worst. Um, T.Y. Hilton is a favorite of mine um, because he's he's like the buy low guy. But I think he'll be popular in pro lineups this week. So I don't think he'll be super low owned, just given that he's 5K and uh, going to be projected for low ownership. So I think that is an interesting spot. How much uh, we got 5k left per player, so we don't know, need to go to a real cheapie. Right. Um, we do need a running back yet. We still have the flex spot open. So, thoughts on either Philip Lindsay or Naheem Hines? Yeah, I mean, Lindsay is based on this uh, Melvin Gordon situation where he got a DUI. Uh, and actually, he hasn't been, he hasn't been ruled out. But it made it sound like he might not play this week. But it's really going to hinge on that information. So I don't want to put him in now because, yeah. So that, would that uh, be Heinz then for you? Heinz is, yeah, 4K. That, that's pretty intriguing. So 
Uh, another guy that he really hasn't broken out. His his workload has been pretty inconsistent as well. But going back to last week, he ran routes on half the plays. Um, and let me pull up his rushing attempts. Uh, there was one week where he was hardly involved at all, and I think that may have soured everyone on him. But last week he got 18% of the rushing attempts, 50% of the passing attempts. So not like super exciting, but uh, good value. Okay. And we could easily upgrade if we have some salary left over. That could be the first spot we go to. So that leaves us 5250 or 15,800 total for tight end, flex, and defense. Um, tight end is basically, uh, you know, a question of, you know, really two guys. Do you pay all the way up for the, the Kittle Kelsey types or do you save some salary? Because you can get to Logan Thomas or Jordan Akins for next to no money. Um, how big of a gap do you need to see for Kittle and Kelsey before you just simply drop down to someone like, I don't know, Zach Ertz for 5k? Well, I mean, I think uh, it all depends who else is in the lineup and this one, we got the money. So my, my intuition would be go back to Kittle. He stunk last week. Maybe that will uh, bring the Jimmy G haters to, to fade him. And uh, good news is it's not on the slate. <laughs> Oh, it's not. Uh, yeah. My bad. Hey, look, okay. that's not bad. We got it. We got all the way to eleven fifty-two uh, <laughs> before we named people that weren't available. Yeah, Kelsey also is on the Monday night game, so but I guess that's what we were talking about earlier with tight end being just hard to fill. Yeah. So at that point, then it's either save money or go to Ertz, right? Because Ertz is going to be ahead of Mark Andrews on your big board. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ertz is solid. Uh, I know Fulgham got all the pass work last week, but uh, it's versus Baltimore, so you, you know they're going to be throwing the ball. Um, that gives a lot of upside because, like the game scripts, it, I mean they're they're a really tough matchup, but the volume is going to be there. So it, maybe it's kind of like a Miles Sanders situation from last week where no one was on him because of the matchup. Yeah. And he went out and was like the necessary play. So Zacharis could easily be that this week. So your top ranked defense is the Dolphins. But since we're in a bit of a Dolphins jet stack, I don't think we're going to go that direction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Next up would be the Giants going up against uh, the football team. Seems like we should slot them in right out of the gate and then uh, move forward to filling out the flex spot. Yeah, that's solid. We have 7,600 for a flex. Obviously, we don't need to use all of that, and we could upgrade uh, the running back spot. But the highest-ranked guy that you have would be Derrick Henry at 7,300. Yeah, let's put Henry in there see how our lineup stacks out because he's he's one of the top plays of the week against Houston. Just a really great matchup. $300 remaining. 147.11 projection. Value ranking. Greater than 90%. Contrarian ranking. 50 to 60%. Boss, we're, we're good at this. It's almost like <laughs> we should have a... You, well, you should have a uh, DFS site or something. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I like the idea, at least. You know, in theory, we could try to move some pieces together or move around uh, to upgrade. I'm sure we could take a step back on defense, save a couple bucks, you know, 
But for right now, I don't know what we would want to change. This is a north of 50% contrarian ranking while also hitting a, a peak level lineup from a value perspective. This just looks good. Solid. So you guys know the drill from the previous video or from the previous lineup. Don't play this in the milli, guys, or else you're chopping with us. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, keep an eye out for that uh, Melvin Gordon news because yeah. that, that could make us make some pivots. Um, but yeah, it's all on. And no drinking and driving. Come on, Melvin. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's 2020. You don't have, you don't have to do that. Uh, 500 viewers in here. Come, we're, we're peaking at the end. 159 likes. One last call to hit the thumbs up before we turn this one over to Matt and Kyle and the Start Sit Show. So if you are playing season long, uh, it's not going to be the same link, but stick around on the channel. We have shows nonstop. So tune in. Uh, try to figure out what you want to do for this week in season long fantasy. Alex, final thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah, I think uh, it, it was fun. We did a nice job balancing the ownership and projection, and that's really what you want to be doing on a weekly basis. So I hope that gave uh, gave everyone some insight. And it seems like everyone in chat really has great ideas for which directions they're going to go with their lamps this week. So I think uh, I think it should be a good week. James Perkins says, excellent show. I couldn't agree more. Steven Leibowitz, good stuff, fellas. We're happy to do it. We're happy to have you guys. Thank you so much. Thumbs up on the way out the door. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to the website, awesomeo.com slash join. Alex and I will be back for this show once again next Friday at 11 p.m. 11 a.m. Eastern time. I don't want to do a show at 11 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> I'm going to be asleep for sure. Uh, good luck this weekend. Tune in to everything we have Saturday and Sunday, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>